Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. You do just what you want. You're the one I trust. And I always be Hey guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Andy Campbell Championship Show. This is episode number 95. We are hurtling towards our 100th show. It will be here before Christmas. The show is available live on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. Ace Podcast Nation is also home to many other great shows and series featuring top guests, expert analysts and more. So please do give us a follow on social media and of course subscribe to the YouTube channel and you can uh, streamline your Ace Podcast Nation experience if you just want to talk football by following at AC Footy Show on all social media platforms and if you prefer the audio versions of shows you can get them at all your favorite radio and podcast platforms just search ace podcast nation and you will get this series and all the other series we do including mental health in sport mma and more so um just as we wait for the the chat and and the various platforms to fill up uh quick shout out to black diamond sports of course for all their support around this show uh the black diamond sports is a global sports agency representing sports stars from around the world for more information you can visit their social media pages and of course their brand new website looking lovely and uh, today's sponsor is 
Bespoke Financial, and uh, we really, really appreciate their support, and I encourage you to check out their brand. Here's a, a quick word from them. My mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance. It sounds like something to protect my brother and me, but I don't really understand. Then my auntie Louise told mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and Mummy and Daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. Yeah, big thank you to Bespoke Financial. Bespoke Financial specialise in life insurance, critical illness, income protection, mortgages and, of course, sports cover. And uh, we thank them for sponsoring the show. Darren Ralston of Bespoke Financial is currently giving away a free will with 140 quid with any new policy which is taken out. So uh, check out that offer and give them a call because uh, you don't want to miss out. It's a great offer. And as I've said uh, on many an occasion, they've looked after Andy over these uh, past few years including for critical illness and injury cover they are top of their field they provide award-winning service and uh, we are very proud to uh, have partnered up with such a top class brand so go and uh, check them out get yourself covered and uh, especially in the way the world is now i think everyone needs a bit of security but uh, with no further ado let's bring the legend in hopefully his uh, his audio connection is good Let's have a look. It is the goal collector, the fox in the box. He is still the king of the Millennium Stadium. It is the man, the myth, the legend, ex-Cardiff City and Middlesbrough striker, David Jones's favourite. It is Andy Campbell. How are you, sir? Good evening, mate. Yeah, good. Yeah, really. Uh, yeah, really excited to talk about the championship. We've had a, another cracking week. Loads of games. Um, it's been a blockbuster. Probably too many games uh, when we're talking about it because we're still playing catch up. Uh, loads more games to come this week. Uh, loads of goals. Um, another four tonight already because Barnsley are getting beat four 0 by by uh, Bournemouth at home, which is um, a great result for one and uh, not great for another. Um, so I just it's it's the gift what keeps on giving and. Um, I think the golf in the championship is is starting to show as well with the amount of goals what are happening, which um, I'm not sure is a good thing or a bad thing. Oh yes, it's uh, it's been a very interesting week. Um, you mentioned the amount of games, mate. Can you imagine Jurgen Klopp if uh, if he was in the championship, he'd be having heart failure, mate, with all these games. His players would be too tired, bless him. Um, well, Sir, you look you look at um, Bournemouth played on Saturday. They played in midweek, um, and then they played again, same same as Barnsley. It's ludicrous um, that is. And it? they haven't got the, they haven't got the size of the squad that Liverpool have got. They haven't got the luxury of swapping players. They probably haven't got the luxury of the quality of the younger players coming through like, like Liverpool have got. Um, so, listen, it's 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 the same for everybody. Um, you don't you you, know, you never see a championship manager coming out and complaining. So it's no, sometimes you just got to get on with it. Get on with it. Yeah, just wanted to point this comment out from Gaz there. He says his team aren't even in the championship, but he wants to support us. Uh, I can't fault that, mate, because uh, obviously he's a West Ham fan. He's got no interest in the championship, but he still gets on board. Cannot fault him and cannot fault the people. Um, so let's, we've got loads to talk about. 
let's get into it straight away. The only uh, any other business I really want to talk about today, mate, is the fans are back in the ground, and straight away I think we saw a difference in the championship. Uh, mm. So Luton took a thump in on Saturday to the Mighty Bluebirds four yeah. nil. Uh, then in the midweek they had their fans back, only a thousand of them, but mm. you know at home against the best team in the league. And they went and blitzed them. In yeah, it makes a difference, si, Yeah, it totally makes a difference. I watched a couple of games with, with fans because I just wanted to see what the difference was, and uh, that made a difference. I watched a bit of the Wickham against Stoke City game. Um, uh, the fans made a difference. Joe Jacobson and a few lads on on Twitter said how much of a difference they made. I watched Carlisle in the AFL against Salford. Fans made a huge difference. It just it, it's like the twelfth man. They were just they were just willing the players to go on, and you know what I mean because because players have been used to no fans. A thousand probably sounds like ten thousand, so it's 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 really good at the minute, and and I, and I think it's it's progress, and I think that's the that's the key for me. Yes, I think so, mate, and I think you know everyone wants fans back in the grounds. Everyone wants to get life back to normal. As long as we could do it safely, I think it's only a good thing. Um, it'll be interesting because I know it's not happening in in Wales. It ain't happening for a, at least the time being. Which is a shame because, you know, I, Cardiff and Swansea fans are itching to get back in those grounds. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but hopefully, that the more it's done safely at various grounds around the country, it'll keep you know keep going. They'll keep expanding it, and they'll more and more teams will be get to do it. But it's, it's listen, sir, it's, it's it's progress, isn't it? It's about progression. It's about. Um, it's a thousand, but a thousand to some teams, especially in the, in the low leagues of AFL, it's a it's a huge thing. You know what I mean? If we can start getting a percentage in, ten percent, twenty percent, twenty five percent, it'll be massive. You know, obviously there's no away fans because people are travelling, which is which is absolutely fine. You know, it'd be interesting because um, I'm sure it was my dad who mentioned um, uh, about away teams in Germany. The start about away teams in Germany who um, with no fans that to play with no fear, whereas now fans. One other way, fans will just be home fans, so it'll be very different for away teams to now come and play. You know what I mean? To to try and calm the crowd down because even when they score, there'll be no, there'll be nothing there. So it'll be it'll be very different for away teams when there is only home fans in the ground. Yeah, it's going to make a difference for sure, isn't it? Because over these last couple of months, teams have got used to playing in pretty much silence. Um, so suddenly, and it might give the home team the advantage again. Do you know what I mean? Because I think yeah. that has helped with the away yeah, teams over the last 10 months, definitely. Mm. And we've talked about how it's helped young players in the Premier League, but also the Championship, where they've come in and there's a bit less pressure on them. So it'll be interesting how some of those young players do start to react and play. You know, will the experience of having played for 10 months with no fans, will that have settled them down and they won't have any nerves? But as the crowds get bigger, will those young players maybe struggle a bit if they make a mistake? Be fascinating to watch, mate. It'd be yeah, yeah, so used to not having fans in the ground, yeah. now, isn't it? But you also, I'll use Wickham as an example because I thought they played very well against a good side against Stoke City. Um, will it will it spur teams like Luton, Wickham? Will it will it will it spur the, the, the smaller sides on to beat the bigger sides because they're in needed some desperate points? You know that, that Derby didn't have any fans. You know what I mean? Wayne Rooney's first first couple of home games, and he was probably desperate to get them supporters back in because. Both games, and I know we're going to talk about them soon, but it's fine margins between. They could have won both of them games, and he could have looked the best manager in, in the EFL. Where it, it, it didn't happen for both games, and he, and it looks like he's struggling a little bit for for his first his first week in management. 
Yeah, um, I think Derby as a club are struggling, and, and they are the first team we're going to talk about this evening. Uh, and for, unfortunately for them, uh, they're rooted to the bottom of the bottom of the uh, the table. Derby County. Uh, what did you make of their week, mate? Um, it should have been better, um, but ahead twice. Um, into really late stages of the game. Is it a fitness thing? Is it a concentration thing? Is it a naivety from the manager to not shut up the shop because he's an attacking player? I don't know the answers to it. I can only see what I see. And I saw I saw Derby give away two very late goals against two sides who I'd expect Derby County to beat. And um, Wickham Wonders on Saturday um, equalised really late, late on in the game. Um, I think 81 minutes, Matt Bloomfield scored the equaliser. And then Coventry City... Um, Kazim Rich- Richard scored a really, really good goal in the 83rd minute. Looks like it's a winning goal. And then Hamer uh, comes as an equaliser in the 91st minute. You, you can't afford to drop four points on a weak side in the last seven minutes of a game. It's, you know what I mean? That would have got them out, 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 the, out the relegation potentially and I'll moved them ahead of people. And it's that psychological effect where it puts someone else in that kind of um, mental state in, in, in the league and, and, and chasing, chasing everybody else because. At the minute, you know what I mean? Derby had two games there where they should have got six points. They're going to have a tough week this week um, because, you know what I mean? Obviously, they're, they're going to be playing um, uh, away from home uh, tomorrow against Millwall and then they've got to Brentford. So they've got two really tough games this week. Uh, so, you know what I mean? From two games which you should have won to two games that they probably sure shouldn't win, but they probably will. They'll probably win in both. So it's, yeah. it's the joys of the championship. Oh, mate, we're going to talk about consistency of teams a bit later on. Uh, it's infuriating yet entertaining. But, um, uh, James makes a good point in the chat there. He says it was a massive goal for Wickham, and I do believe that is uh, it was a really big goal for Wickham. But yeah. when you score in, you know, when you're one 0 going in with ten nine minutes left, you got to sh- shut up shop, like you say. And you know, Wayne Rooney knows all about late goals. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. You know, he's had a whole career of it and all that sort of stuff. And I think you'd like to think that he will have try and in- learn from that very quickly and install a bit of. Concentration more than anything, mate. I suppose in those last couple of minutes, and then yeah. but also oh. you're right about him shutting up shop. He should have, except as the manager, it's up to him to change the tactics going into that last ten minutes. Would Neil Warnock have um, have, have drew both them games? No chance. You know what I mean? Because no. he, he's he's a he's a king. He's a he's a king at doing that and shutting up shop. And he'd probably shut up, shut up shop earlier. Um, but for me, it's, it's it's a skill in itself to um, you don't have to win the game twice. You don't have to score two goals to win a game. They've already won the game. The game's won. You know what I mean? It's for them to lose. And if that's naivety, keeping the ball in the corner or putting the ball in good areas, you know what I mean? It's not about just defending. You know what I mean? Defend from the front. Put the ball forward and, 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 and stay up. You know what I mean? If you're the ball, if the ball's away from your goalkeeper, you can't score. That's it, mate. And like the game I was referring to, obviously, was the Saturday game where they were 1-0 they were up quite early on halfway through the first half and then with 10 minutes to go they were still 1-0 up they got to shut up shop and keep it tight when you go when you take the lead in the 83rd minute like they did in the midweek game you've got to last 7 minutes so like you say if that's putting the ball up the other end put it in the corners whatever you've got to do you make sure that you do everything you can to keep the ball away from your goal and they didn't do that um, and they paid for it we'll get to Coventry a bit later mate but uh, they had a good week yeah. um, so next up is Sheffield Wednesday um, listen two really tough games you, you're playing Stoke City who are free scoring um, 
good side, probably the best best players on on, on paper. You draw nil nil at home against them. You know what I mean? You give the, you give as good as you've got. You create a few chances. Yes, you got they dominated the game, Stoke City with possession because they've got the, the players to do that. Um, and then they play against Reading, who yeah, Reading hit and miss at the minute with um, uh, with results and um, letting goals in uh, a little bit. Uh, a goal one nil ahead, dominating the game, doing really well, and all of a sudden the, the player gets sent off, Shaw gets sent off, and and, and it's a it's a, it's uphill uphill struggle against a, a very strong side. You know you can't play against these best sides in the division and strong sides who, who know the division with ten men. It's just a it's it's a real struggle. And, um, obviously, Callum Patterson got a very good goal. I thought his header was excellent. Directed it back across the goalkeeper very well. And um, if you give him uh, Adam Reach put the ball in, if you give him uh, that, that kind, of, kind of ammunition, he's going to score goals. So it's about players putting balls in good areas for him. But then it's, it's about players keeping eleven players on the pitch because Tony Pulis will have been um, distraught with uh, his player and, and angry with his player, and rightly so. And I'm going to talk about the sending off later on. Uh, but I thought it was it was unavoidable. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of them, isn't it? But like, when you go down to ten men versus a team like Stoke, Stoke really starting to come into their own over the last, well, probably this season really compared to the last couple of seasons. I feel like they're starting to sh- show on the pitch what we've been saying. You know, on paper they've got one of the best squads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, a bit sloppy, I think, in in certain points. They gave the ball away a lot, particularly against yeah. Reading. And like you say, playing uh, when Shaw's got sent off after half an hour, you've got an hour to play against the Reading team, which has got some good attacking players, but also a Reading team who's come back into a bit of form in the last couple of, last couple of games. Yeah, they've got yeah they've got the confidence back. So it's going to be very difficult. Um, Sheffield Wednesday, I'm watching with actually them and Derby. I'm very very interested to see how their season progresses because two massive clubs which at the moment when I watch them play I think it's them two and Wickham who are probably going to go down and I know it's only you know 15 games in but they just don't look 15 together games in, but by the, by the time Christmas comes you've, you've got to play 25 games because the games are coming thick and fast every single week oh, but yeah. we're churning two games two games two games it's, it's faster it's than normal vicious. as well isn't it yeah. like I think teams maybe sometimes would be at this point we'll be thinking you know we'll get it together now over towards Christmas and we'll pick up a few points over Christmas with those close games but you could be adrift by Christmas if you keep underperforming so it'll certainly be interesting how the season develops for some of these teams um what do you think of Wickham's week mate um obviously they played uh, at the weekend against uh, Derby County uh, drew one all late goal. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant point. Um, I watched them for uh, long periods against Stoke, and I thought they did. I thought they did okay uh, without having that cutting edge and and creating some real, real good chances. Uh, I thought they did okay against two decent sides and or big big sides, big footballing sides in the championship. But they're not getting the results. They're not getting the points at the need side. You know, and I think yeah. that's, I think that's the the point. What what will worry Gareth the most is is the amount of points. You know what I mean? The Brentford nil nil, Huddersfield nil nil, Derby one one. That look like three good points. If you're stuck where Luton Town is at the minute, they're three very good points. But when you're in the bottom three, uh, they're not very good points. Yeah, and that's the, unfortunately you look at it. It's one one point from the two games, but actually they play very well against Derby and they play pretty well against Stoke. But yeah. when you're down the bottom, the pitch, what points matter? Mm. And particularly when you're mm. a team coming up from League One, 
like it's getting those points on the board, isn't it? And yeah. they're just struggling to put together. The performances have been quite good. They're just not mm. quite picking up those points. Yeah. And it's maybe... the stats as well, Sam. It's the stats as well for me. You know, I mean, they let 21 goals in this season. It sounds a lot, a lot it's, and, it's, and it, it's the most, but you look at the last four games, and the last four games have let in two goals, so they've mm. turned things around a little bit, and they're defending really well, I thought they were solid against Stoke, you know what I mean, for, for Derby game, they, they look solid, they didn't look like they were going to get. They were going to let two, three and four in, but they're not scoring enough goals, and at the minute, Wickham need to score at least two to win the game, and have they got two in them? Yeah, they're not, that's, that's probably it, isn't it? And I think, but then I look at it, and I watch them play, and I think, you know, if they could turn these performances into points they could pick up a lot of points quite quickly because I've yeah. been quite impressed with how they've played but I think a massive thing as always we say this all the time for teams who've just come up it's those goals isn't it it's scoring those yeah. goals and they don't look at the moment like they've got those goals who scored all their, the majority of their goals last year um, I can Fenway scored and Bloom, Bloomfield scores from midfield he drives on do you know who their top scorer was was it Akin Fenway yeah I think so Hmm. Yeah, they could now, do it. No, you know, I mean, they, they, they brought the lad in from Hearts this season, the centre forward from Hearts, and um, it's it's a different kind of fish. So the SPL to the to the championship gotcha. is, is, is there's a big gulf. I'd argue that 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 gulf is probably as big as it's been in probably twenty years at the moment, mate. I really yeah, yeah I totally agree. Totally agree. But, um, next up, Nottingham Forest, mate. Uh, a mixed week, mixed form. I don't quite know what. Uh, I don't even know if they know what they're doing with their form. No, uh, performances, well, they, some performances, yeah. they've been all right and haven't got anything from it. Yeah. We, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, we can look back to last week. Last week we said exactly the same thing. Two defeats, two nil, nil. Two, two, two nil defeats, no goals. This week, no goals scored again. You know what I mean? So no goals in four games. That's worrying for... That's for remarkable, mate. When you look at I the know. strikers and the attacking players they've got. It's you know what I mean? I, I, listen, Lewis grabbing, not fit. Um, obviously, Lyle Taylor's getting... Getting an opportunity, they're missing Lewis, Lewis Grabbing. For me, I think he, he's, if not the best centre forward in the championship. Um, it's difficult, you know. But then, but then, but then they brought uh, Knockout in. You know what I mean? Obviously, they've still got Amiobi, You know, so the Harry Hart has obviously signed. So they've still got they've still got a good enough squad. I mean, I look at the bench. The bench is is scary with with, with Amiobi, Jenkinson, um, Guerrero. They've got some very good players, which. At the minute, they're just not doing doing what they should be doing, and it's, it's, it must be so frustrating for for Chris Hutton because he probably can't wait for January window to open so he can instill his own players within the group. Because it's at the minute, it's, it's it must be really worrying for him because he turned things around a little bit. I thought he came and he he, he did a, he did a good job at the start, but then all of a sudden now they're, they're picking up some some really bad results. It's really a, a difficult time. And yes, listen. Swansea at home was always going to be a hard game because of the way Swansea play and the confidence they're playing. Watford was always going to be a difficult game, but Nottingham Forest—they're a good side, they're a big club. They should be doing better than what they're doing. Oh, but you yeah. said it. Uh, you said it last year, uh, last last season, on the start of this season. Is this still a hangover? I don't believe it should be, but the players are different. The players are carrying this can and carrying the that that we're not good enough, or we should have got been the playoffs, or whatever it may be. Because when they played Swansea. Um, Last week, or midweek, that game will have still been in their minds, by the way. So they knew straight away that uh, that, that one was that one cost them last year. Oh yeah, definitely, mate. And a couple of things for me. Uh, number one, I think uh, I've watched a bit of him the last month, and I've Lyle Taylor's actually looked better coming off the bench. When he has started, I feel like he's looked a bit like he hasn't quite settled in. 
and maybe whether it's the settled into the area, settled into the club, whatever it may be. But when he comes off the bench, he seems a bit sharper. He's, you know, he's trying to change the game. He's trying to do something special to impress. Whereas when he started, I just feel like he's looked a bit disjointed and his yeah. first touch has been a bit heavy, things like that. But I'll tell you something, mate. I look at that Forest, so I'm looking at the Swansea game, the bench and the squad overall. I would love Cardiff to have a squad like that, mate. Their, their squad, their team is unreal. From the back where you've got like Christie and Figueredo, you've got Colback, Knockart, Guerrero, Amiobi, uh, Lyle Taylor. And then on the bench, you've got Harry Arter, Joe Lolly, uh Diaz, Jenkinson, uh, Swan, and then the guy who I can't pronounce his surname, uh, Ian, Iano or something like that. But like, we've got the manager to, to boot now, so there's no, yeah. excuse. there's no excuse. And the, all those players that I just read out in their squad, that's without Lewis Grabham as well, by the way, one yeah. of the, the top championship strikers of recent mm. times. So, there's, there's, to me, the only excuse can be psychological uh, and there's kind of psychological impact from when they struggled you know when yeah. they lost it on the last day is the only thing mm. which i can put my finger on i'm mm. sure it's not as simple as that but they need to sort it out mate because they are down the bottom yeah. um next up one of the other teams coming up uh from league one rotherham united so they've had an up and down season um uh, but overall i think they've done pretty well uh but they didn't get the points this week one point no two games. That, a, that a very good saturday um Joe and Chihuahua against Bournemouth. I thought they were excellent. I thought the goals that they scored were very good. Uh, Lepardo did very well against a good, good back four. Um, giving silly goals away, though. You know what I mean? Uh, giving a, giving, a, giving a, a silly penalty away. Uh, and then Solanke got, obviously, the equaliser with, with an hour to go, uh, with half an hour to go. But they still hung on against a very, very strong side. You look tonight, scoring four goals. It's, um, you know what I mean? It shows how good a result it was. And um, to then follow that up against Brentford at home. Yes, Brentford aren't the team from last year, but they're, they're getting there slowly and and they're putting their own stamp on things and yeah it wasn't uh, it wasn't a great uh, great second half because they held them held them tight for the first half and uh, and then Brentford blew them away in the second. Yeah, two tough games, isn't it? Brentford and yeah. uh, Bournemouth back to back. But but then but then they'll say it shows how important though, then the QPR game was a week before because you lose Swansea QPR and then you know what I mean. So in four games they haven't they haven't won. It's one point in four games is it's not a good return. So tight though, mate. From like. 14th is on 19 points and then 21st just outside the relegation zone is on 13 mm-hmm. so like two yeah. wins and you could be right you know up towards mid table but equally yeah. a couple of losses if a team's below you win you could go from 14th down to relegation real quick um so yeah it's going to be i think that relegation is uh this year is going to be absolutely just fascinating mate i because I can't, I can't call it at the moment at all. Yeah, I totally um, agree. And it's difficult. Like I could say any of those teams in the bottom half. I could, if you told me, like you had a thing into the future, and you said any of those teams in the bottom half, they went down. I'd believe you because I mm. think they're all capable of it. And I would include Luton, Cardiff, Millwall in that as well. By the way, yeah. they're all capable of going on a terrible run. Um, mm. Next up is Coventry. What a week! Yeah, what, thing a, is, what, though, a, what a I, couple I, of weeks, mate. We talk. Um, we talked about them. Um, obviously, last week they had, a, they had a good good result against Cardiff City. I know we, it was probably going to be a, a hypocrite here because I'm on about two draws being a good week, but two draws against Norwich City away, a very late equaliser, by the way. But they deserved it. Um, for me, it wasn't a penalty at all for Norwich. I don't know how the referee no. gave it. I thought the goalkeeper was was brave. He came out, took the player and the ball, but got the ball first. 
Um, I thought it was just a genuine hard tackle, but a good uh, a good one for the goalkeeper. Um, so a late equaliser there, and then an even later equaliser against Derby County. So it's it's like two wins or at least one win. So it, I think it'll give them give the players bigger confidence. Mark Robbins was obviously very pleased uh, to pick up those two points, and um, I think he'll be he'll have been very proud of his side. You know, to uh, to pick up those points against some good sides, and it'll give him confidence moving forward. Well, the thing is, mate, right? As you know, my son's a keeper. Like keepers, are, that's what you train them to do. Coming out in the Norwich game. And I thought, it, you know, to give that as a penalty, I would be very disappointed if I was against my team or my son. I thought it was, you know, what was he supposed, he supposed to do? Do you know what I mean? In that situation, he was. Um, but also, Coventry, when they have looked at those games, Cardiff, uh, Cardiff at home, Norwich away, and Derby County away, they'd have been thinking, oof, if we can get three points from that, we'll be thrilled. Yeah. And they got. What was it? Five? No, five. Five, points. five points. Five points. Five points unbeaten. From those three unbeaten. games. Unbeaten, yeah. yeah. Only conceded a couple of goals as well. Yeah. Massive return. Huge return, yeah. Can't fault them. Um, quick question on Coventry. Do you think they are going to go down? Like, if I if I made you say yes or no, do you think they're going to stay up or go down? Um, I think they'll stay up. I think they've got enough... Um, they remind me a little bit of um, of a mixture of, of of last year's side who came up the the, the Lutons, the Barnleys, and um, and I think they've got enough. I think they've got enough. What's what's shown me so far that they've got enough to stay up. Yeah, I, I, I uh, performances indicate to me that they have enough. Yeah. Similar to Rotherham, I think, and Wickham as well. It's, if they can score enough goals, it'll probably be the difference. But I th- I've been quite impressed with Coventry. Um, defensively, I've been quite impressed with them as well. Uh, Birmingham City next, mate. Uh, terrible week uh, for Ito. Nil uh, nil draw at home to Millwall, which you've got to be winning your games. And then they play against, play Barnsley at home, which um, uh, on paper it's a, it's a game that you probably expect to win. You look at the goals that Barnsley have let in tonight. Um, Hogan scored. They went one 0 up to give away a silly penalty. Um, and then they go and try and try and win the game, which is probably the right thing to do. But you can't leave big gaps in the uh, at your at your peril in defence. And um, Woodrow sets up Styles for for the winning goal. And um, Aitor will be will be distraught with that week because he's he's bases his sides on being solid, being hard to beat, um, not letting many goals in. But you know, I mean, they're not scoring as many goals. Yes, they're not letting loads of goals in, but they're still letting a, a chunk of goals in. You know what I mean? Two there, one against Luton the week before. Um, you know what I mean? They, they haven't won in. They haven't won six. So it's a, it's a, it's a bad couple of weeks for them. Yeah, it's a worrying trend at the moment. They are not scoring many goals. Um, they just they look a bit disjointed, mate. I gotta say. Um, and one thing about uh, Ito Karanka's teams normally is they are very, um, very organised, very solid. Yeah. And I just they look a bit. I think disjointed would be the best description, but they got um as we just discussed before, they got quite a young squad. So, yeah. but they have got some experienced players chucked in there as well. So yeah, uh, yeah not a great period for them. No, uh, they'll be disappointed. Team, yeah, I think so. Um, and next up is the 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 kings of the inconsistency, I guess. Yeah. Uh, QPR, yeah. the most up and down team in the league, and that's yeah. saying something. I don't think. Uh, listen, as, as a QPR fans, you know what I mean, they, they, they probably won't be that disheartened, you know, they, they played uh, Brentford away in the local derby on, uh, on Friday night, they got beat, got beat 2-1 um, they got themselves back in the game, they're, they're scoring goals, they're letting goals in, it must be so interesting, I say every week, it must be so interesting now being a QPR fan because it, it, they're always in the game, you know what I mean, against every side, um, but obviously midweek they played Bristol City at home, 
Uh, went one 0 ahead. Um, it's timing the goals. You know what I mean. Goal just before half time. Naki Wells for Bristol City, um, and then just after half time. So you're not really giving yourself an opportunity. And um, he made a couple of uh, brave substitutions. Warburton bringing Adoma on, bringing Macaulay Bon on towards the end, but didn't manage to get the um, get the equaliser. Yeah, it's so strange, isn't it? Like I thought they did. They played quite well against Brentford without really pushing for the victory. The sending off obviously kind of killed the game at a point where they were looking to try and grab an equaliser. Um, and then they go from that to a quite a very, in my opinion, a pretty good performance against Bristol. But they still, just defensively, they look so all over the place, I think. And that's yeah. a big problem for them. And I think I said that last week, actually, yeah. um, that they do look very unorganised. That was a concern um, last year's side as well, you know, that, that but they had enough quality going forward. Yes. They had more players, they more goals. Three, so four top yeah, players at the front. They had goals in them, so that, you know what I mean? They could, they could rescue them from, um, from from the defensive frailties, but this year they're not scoring as many goals. They are scoring, but it's not as many. Uh, yeah, and next up is Huddersfield. Mixed week, they um, picked up three points in total from the two games, but yeah. uh, very, very different performances. Yeah, I watched. Um, I watched both games. Uh, I watched them against Middlesbrough. Um, I thought Middlesbrough were excellent at the start of the game. I thought they absolutely took the game to Huddersfield. They should have scored. Uh, uh, British on Belonga should have scored. Uh, they went one 0 ahead. Huddersfield scored a couple of for me for, fortunate goals. Um, but then Middlesbrough got level with the eighty third minute penalty, and I just said the same thing: shut up shop. Neil Warnock's good at it. Well, unfortunately, he didn't. He went for the win, which. Uh, which is uh, is probably the confidence that the players are playing in. You know what I mean? He went yeah. for the win and uh, left a big hole, and uh, and Huddersfield took it and, and hung on and, and 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 put the spoils. Probably probably a draw would have been a fair result, but then Huddersfield down got to Cardiff City, bit of confidence, and for me, I thought they were all over the place. I, I, I really absolutely did. Absolutely dreadful. Yeah, I thought mate. they were absolutely awful. And um, by uh, by all accounts, I don't think I don't think Huddersfield are travelling very well. You know what I mean? The last away game was Wickham, the June nil nil. Um, Stoke City, they got beat. Millwall, they obviously the the one, so that you know what I mean. But they're not travelling very well, and if that's uh, the performance on the travels, then every team just needs to get at them. Yeah, I think so. And the thing with the Cardiff game was, Med, um, they reminded me of the first part of last year where they were absolutely dreadful. They were so unorganised. Do you remember? They were all remember that um, there was a game where the other team broke, and it was like four on one. Because they all the defenders were out of um, position. Yeah. It was really early on in last season, but like that's what it reminded me of. They just looked. They have a lot of possession, um, Huddersfield, and I kind of kind of set up to to deal with that quite easily. And and they just yeah, but they, they, but they didn't look the pretty made to the, say the least. The championship is not made for possession based football. You know what no. I mean? Look at the side you've been successful in the past. They're all direct, um, aren't they? You know what I mean? Leeds United. You know what I mean? Get the get get the ball forward. It's with pace and go and win the game, and you know, I mean, it's about getting the, getting the ball in the net. It's not about keeping the ball looking neat and tidy. You know, I mean, teams mm-hmm. are overplaying, and yes. um, and they overplayed quite a lot of times to give give uh, yes. give a few uh, some some awful goals away. Um, speaking of awful goals being given away and um, overplaying a little bit, Barnsley had a dreadful week. Um, yeah, had a bad week, and um, as. Obviously got 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 worse today. Obviously they did, did beat Birmingham. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Did beat Birmingham during the week, but they got beat at uh, a Blackburn at the weekend. Um, I, you know, I, mean, I think hitting miss hitting miss Blackburn, but obviously they they went they went away from home, got a result which probably no, no, nobody expected. And then today, 
you yeah, can't yeah. afford a heavy uh, heavy defeat. Four 0 at home against anybody is is a bad result, regardless of who it's, uh, who it's against. And uh, by all accounts, I watched um, I watched the first half an hour of the, the, the Bournemouth game tonight, and it was men against boys. Solanke running the game, Billingham midfield dominated them, and um, it must be a concern for Barnsley because for me, I think they've missed um, the, or they lost a lot of players uh, who, who played a big part last year, and they haven't filled those filled those holes as yet. Yeah, I agree completely, mate. Um, Barnsley, like for me, if they can... I think I might have said this last week, so I apologise if I did repeat it myself. But I feel like Barnsley, if they could find like that one centre-back who would make them a really solid option at the back where they concede very few goals, I feel like they could make the playoffs because when they got the ball, they can play some lovely stuff. They're quite good going forward. They are a bit reliant on... Um, on his name, the striker, uh, Macaulay Bond. Macaulay Woodrow. Not, uh, Woodrow, sorry. Woodrow. And, um, but I just like, I like the way they play, but they concede a lot of silly um, silly goals, like goals they shouldn't be conceded. Um, yeah. I've just had uh, two WhatsApps and three texts saying pretty much the same thing. Have you got to Cardiff yet? No, we have not got to Cardiff yet. Cardiff uh, will be in a minute. Um I've got some stuff to say. Uh, Gaz has asked a question. I think we'll save that question to the end of the show, Gaz, because it's not really, it's not like a championship show. It's a very interesting question, but it's not a championship one. So we'll save that for the end of the show because it's about uh, BBC Sports Personality of the Year. Um, next up, mate, Preston, North End. Oh, what an up and down week for them. Yeah, well, um, played against probably, well, two relegated sides last, last, last season, so it was always going to be a, um, a difficult week and it started really bad if Watford absolutely blew them away um, defensively all over the place um, so to go from uh, that kind of performance uh, Troy Deeney scored um, against them Barkhausen scored I thought it was a very good goal uh, from across which he finished really really well but that was probably the only positive out of that game uh, and then they go to Bournemouth midweek lacking confidence Barkhausen scored again uh, and then Scott Sinclair scored an absolute wonder goal um, loved the goalkeeper Beautiful. from um, uh Benkovic from uh, Begovic, sorry, from uh, like 50, 40, 40 yards out, and it was just amazing. And it just shows the the talent of the man. And um, obviously, they were hanging on at the end, two late goals from Stanislav and Sturridge, but um, they probably deserved it. And um, and I was pleased that they got the result. But yeah, very inconsistent at the minute. Different than last yeah, year. Yeah, they um, yeah, like last year they were very consistent. So they were very much when they were in a good run, they were very good. When they had yeah. a bad run, they were very bad. But this year they've been a bit QPR like. For lack of a better term, yeah, um, and I still just respect to either team. It's just that's the new descriptive noun for a, not even a noun. Jesus, I'm so so thick. Um, that's the new descriptive word, isn't it, for uh, being inconsistent? The QPR, yeah. um, QPR effect. QPR effect. Yeah. Next up is Birmingham. Uh, not Birmingham, mate. Ignore me. Millwall, mate. Millwall. What do you make of um, them? Because I quite like watching them play. I do, but they've had a they've had a really poor um, period of time. They haven't won in seven. Uh, Nil nil draw away to um, to Birmingham. Um, obviously, it's always going to be a hard game. Ito sets sets the game up to to kill the game a little bit, and then they got the Blackburn Rovers midweek, and uh, it was always going to be a tough game. And they lose two one, and um, yeah, it's 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 about it's about getting things right, you know. Obviously. Managers choose and change formations. Um, he, he, he didn't play Matt Smith. I'm a big fan of Matt Smith. I think he leads the line really well. And he put Pavardson back in. Um, he's obviously got Parrot on loan from uh, Tottenham Hotspur. 
And uh, obviously, Jed Wallace is for me. He's, he's a superstar, uh, and he's one of the best players in the championship. But he's just at the minute he's not getting the goals like he got last year, and the return of, of assists and things that he got last year. I saw a bit of the Birmingham game, and um, they seem to be struggling to get the ball to him. I think it was the Birmingham yeah. game. They just seem like I saw a few times they were trying to. Um, oh, who was it? The lad in centre midfield had the opportunity to sort of slip Jed Wallace in behind or get it out wide to him and just that final ball would get cut out or overhit or you know misplaced so they didn't have that same attacking threat from Jed Wallace because they couldn't they were struggling to get the ball to him yeah um but they've got uh, one of their midfielders is out isn't he uh Millwall and I, th- I wonder whether that's having an effect um oh this is no it's, it's it's difficult, sir. Though when uh, when players have um, have like a good relationship with other players, I, I yes. look at when when Lee Gregory played up front for Millwall and and Jed Wallace, you know, what I mean, Lee Gregory had pace. He ran in behind, and Jed Wallace had pace. You know, what I mean, running in behind as well. So that they, they both did the similar things. Uh, whereas now with the playing the target man, he's got to adapt his game a little bit because he's probably working on flick-ons. He's putting balls in the box a little bit instead of instead of running in behind like he was. It's he's he's adapting his game and changing his game, which. Is it having an effect on him? You know, I look, I look at the, um, Jared Boyne. You know, what I mean, the, the way that he's ripping up the Premier League and doing really well. For me, Jed Wallace is probably a, a, a yes. better version, in my opinion. So a better um, all-round player, I think. Yeah, and, and 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 be more of a threat. So I'd be, I'd be surprised if Millwall, if they continue to play the way they you are. You said this last year, though, mate. Didn't yeah, you? I know. But if but if they continue to play the way they are now, surely as a player, you want to. You want to move on and go and better yourself because at the minute, if he's not careful, after Christmas, if they're playing the way they're playing now, they're going to be down at the bottom of the league towards you know what I mean the end of the season, fighting against relegation or fighting about for nothing. Whereas he wants to be fighting for promotion or playing in the Premier League. Yeah, Jed Wallace um, is phenomenal, but uh, he is the player who Cardiff City need in terms of everything about him. Positionally, right, skill-wise, like he's for the like perfect well player. For, yeah. for Mendes Lang, you know, leaving, mm. you know, for me, it fills yeah. a massive void and perfect. Oh yeah. Okay. Next up is the mighty Cardiff City. Not that I am biased. Um, so it was a massive week for Cardiff. Neil Harris had his back to the wall. There was a lot of people discontent on social media. People, including myself, questioning whether he was the right man for the job. He was knee-deep in it. He was back to the wall. And um, I said last week, last Friday on this very show, I said the players are not playing for him. Um, they did this week, mate. Basically. Uh, listen, so it, doesn't get, it doesn't get any better. Um, seven goals, two clean sheets, six points, two victories. However the way you want, it, you want to talk about it, it is absolutely massive. Um for me, the best thing he did in the two games was uh, was play four four two. He surprised me with his with his selection. I'll, I'll I'll be honest. I was if he's going to play four four two, I'd have, I would have thought that Gretzel would have been the uh, the ideal choice to partner uh, to partner Moa. He didn't. He put uh, Young Harris um, alongside him. Who I thought uh, I thought he did okay. Scored a very good goal. Um, it was he was obviously a good foil for for Moa. Runs in behind. He's 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 he, 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 instead of both players doing the same thing. Um, and I just thought he got it, got it right. My concern was was obviously midweek, and um, was he going to tinker with things? Was he going to change things? Was he going to do the same thing again? But no, he kept the same formation. He obviously changed a couple of players, um, wide players, which is obviously absolutely fine, um, and things worked out. And yeah, for me, it was a, it was a 
uh, an amazing week. It doesn't get any better, you know. I think it's massively took the pressure off him uh, moving forward. Uh, for me, it'll be interesting how he goes tomorrow, Watford and Stoke this week, because two very, very hard games. Um, if they can stay on beating out of the two games, two draws, if they can nick something else, or if they can get three points out, three points out of two games, I think it'd be a good return, or two, two, two points, two single points, um, to keep the confidence going, going into that Swansea game. Uh, I think it's key. You can't afford to go into a local derby uh, on two negative results to get two good sides, yeah. because Swansea, will, 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 it's going to be a different derby. With no fans... You know what I mean? I, let's be honest. I don't think there will be fans by then. But if there is no. a thousand fans, it won't be. It won't make a massive difference for a local derby. So it won't be as hostile. So it'll be a. It'll be a completely different game for a local derby. So they need to go into the game with confidence, and the only way to do that is by putting the same kind of shift, same kind of performance in against two very good sides. Indeed, mate. Um, so a couple of little points from me. Um, I still. Not convinced that Harry Wilson out wide is going to work long term, even though he got a f- couple of assists in the Saturday game. Oh, it was good to see Ojo get a couple of assists on the Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever it was. Um, I thought um, Ojo looks much better on the left than he does on the right. Uh, or Garant said similar as well. I just think he looks a bit more balanced. Um, my concern is, and I said this to you off air just before we started, when we do play, I think it's Stoke in the next couple of games um, and Watford soon, even Swansea, I feel like he will revert back to that one up front, uh, yeah. that sort of four, three, you know, two, three, one. Uh, I'm concerned by that because I don't think I've said it, God knows how many times, Ant, this mm. year. Um, it doesn't suit the players we got. Um, no. No, I, 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 totally I agree. So I was, I, I, we've just said the same thing about going for games. You know what I mean? Being, yeah. being proactive instead of reactive. And proactive well, means Cardiff are better when they're doing the that, game. don't they? Yeah, they do. How many times did you play 4 4 2 this season? Uh, to my knowledge, I think we've done it four times. And Barnsley? Them. Yeah, Barnsley at home. One clean sheet. The last two. And I'm sure there was one more as well, but I, I, think, that, I think they might have lost the game. But I'll take yeah. losing. I'll take losing if you're going for it. If you're trying to you win. Know, because more often than not, you'll win the games. You know what I mean? You can't win them all because that's just the way the league is. It's it's impossible. Um, but you, you, you give yourself an opportunity to get the points. Um, I was also happy that he retained Mark Harris in the midweek game because I thought he would have a, a tendency to rest him after mm. giving him his debut just to try and bed him in. In my opinion, you don't need to do that. But, you know, it is what it is. Also, I thought um, Glatzel, where he played... Uh, this, these two games just off the bench I thought he looked really sharp um, I think he did he grab a goal as well I think he did um, but even so he I thought he was very very good um, and his interview was quite interesting uh, after I think it was the midweek game or it might have been just a general weekly interview he said uh, Cardiff feels like home yeah he scored against Huddersfield um, yeah. Cardiff feels like home um, and maybe that indicates that he took a bit of time to settle to the area mate Do you know yeah. These are young guys coming to new country sometimes. Mm. Um, and by the way, it's, it's the same. I just say, you know, I mean, how can he score? How can he play well if he's sat in, if he's sat in his backside? Yeah, he can't do it. Can. You know, for me, I look at Harris and I'd say to the young lad, I say, listen, you're starting. Go and give me an hour. Run yourself in the ground for an hour against men's football. Run yourself into an hour, and over time you'll be able to do longer and longer. But give me an hour, and then Gretel can come on and, and, and take over because then it's it's a perfect foil. Yeah, someone can, can might correct me in the chat, or you might be able to correct me. I thought Mark Harris was um, more of a wide player, 
but obviously they played him up front. Is he like yeah, one of these th- who can do central or wide? Is he? Yeah, I think so. I think he's. I think he's. He's one of those who's played uh, in the ten, in in behind, um, a wide. But I think with his pace and with his directness, I think it also shows um, shows that the manager's been quite clever and been quite neat with it. You know what I mean? Because running in behind is is not something that Harry Wilson does. Running in behind is not something no. that Gretel does. Keith Moore doesn't do it, so it's, it, for me, it's it's getting that. You know what I mean? It, it's I used to love doing it. It's it was the perfect way to play. So it's just it's nice for for Cardiff to get that fine balance and and uh, and an attacking way of playing. Yeah, and the last couple of things I'll just quickly say on Cardiff, James. I completely agree with you. Uh, I believe that Rawls and Volks should be the midfield two central. I think they've got the mobility and the technical ability to be the best combination. Um, but I also think Marlon Pack can do a job if you're winning. You know, if you're two 0 up and there's twenty minutes to go, he's a good player to bring on and just kill the game, keep it solid. Um, so if, you're playing, more, if, you're, if you're playing four four two, then you haven't got the luxury of somebody sitting and, and, and yeah, just dictating play. You've got to have because your wingers are going to be bombing on. You've got to. That's uh, when you set the legs in the midfield, so, and the legs yeah. are from 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 Will and, jo- Will and Joe. Yeah, it's just it's just one of the things. But you know that formation which he loves, which is the one where you set up not to lose. I really, really wish he would utilise that more. So say you were two 0 up with twenty minutes to go. That's when you can utilise that and play one up front and kill the game. Bring yeah. your sitting midfielder in. Then you've got the players like Pack. Um, you can bring Glatzel off and say, right, give me twenty minutes of holding the ball up. Yeah. Etc. Etc. Uh, for Moore, by the way, um, and I'm not ashamed to say this. I was concerned when we signed him. I didn't think we needed him because I thought Glatzel could do the same thing. Um, but Kiefer Moore, I didn't think he scored enough goals. Um, and I think he's making me eat my words, mate. I'm not sure how many he scored this year. but I think so as well, though. I think, I think when you've got somebody who's running in behind, it, it creates more space for other players. You know what I mean? If you're playing up front on your own, you're easily marked because yeah. you can, two can mark, three can mark, one can mark, where if somebody's running behind, you're always looking at, around what's going on and, then, and it creates more space for the ball in the box. If the ball's going in the box and there's two people next to each other, then somebody's got him. It's one on one. Yeah, I fancy Kiefer Moore one on one all day long in the air because oh, yeah. he's dominant. He, you know what I mean? But when there's two defenders against one, I don't fancy him because it's it's unfair. Spot on, mate. Um, Garrett's made a really interesting comment there, and, and I try to avoid Neil Harris's post-match interviews because they do um, annoy me. Contradicts himself a bit. Um, he said. Uh, Garin says, I thought it was laughable that Neil Harris said Glatzel's the best finisher at the club. Well, he certainly hasn't. Uh, he certainly showed it with that goal. It was a cracker. So, um, my uh, my sort of response to Neil Harris saying that is kind of twofold. Number one, if he's the best finisher in our club, why isn't he starting more? Number two, uh, I actually think I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the better finishers because from what I've seen a couple of times, he's hit some incredible like volleys and things like that and they've kind of whistled over and you can see by his technique that he's, there's something there. There's, they, there's, a, there's a real player there and I just wonder whether he's taking a bit of time to settle, you know, new country. Um, Keith Moore scored seven goals in 15. i got to say that's more than I thought. I thought he'd score seven all season. So what do I know? What do I know, Andy Campbell? It's a good return. It's a very good return for centre-forward. And he looks decent. As well, he's working hard, and I still, I still would argue him and Glatzel could work together. But I do like the combination of one of them with Mark Harris. Mark Harris gives us pace to run in behind that no other striker we have gives us. So, 
in my opinion, at the moment, he's got to play with either Glatzel or more, and it would be more at the moment. Um, we'll come back to Cardiff, no doubt, at the end of the show. Um, but for now, we move on, and it's Luton Town. Oh, yeah, I like watching Luton Town, mate. Up and down, lots of yeah. goals. Yeah, listen to all over the place against Cardiff City. Team got at them, but then they used that same tactic against Norwich City. They got at them for the first minute. I thought they were excellent. Um, George Munker. Um, He's a player, isn't he? Just, yeah, just causing problems. I'm sure his dad was, I'm sure his dad was a player at um, West Ham years ago. John Munker, um, John Munker, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure he was, was um, decent. Sure he was, he was a very good player, yeah. Did he play for Borough? No. Once upon a time, he John Munker. For, he played for, played for West Ham. I think all uh, the yeah, West Ham fans will tell us, but I think he was, he was excellent. Uh, but James Collins, again, um, scores a penalty. You know what I mean? Just leads the line really well and just... Uh, they fully deserved the victory. I thought they were excellent. You know what I mean? They give away a penalty. You know I mean, standard penalty given away again. Which, uh, Norwich love a penalty, hmm. by the way. They love giving a lot them of penalties. Love getting them. This yeah, week, loads, by the way, in the yeah, loads. yeah, I don't don't understand how 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 they get that many and teams get that many. But full, I'm really happy for for Norwich to um, to 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 beat a side after coming off a heavy defeat, and especially a side like Norwich because probably nobody expected it. But it shows the belief. Uh, it shows the confidence. It shows that the, that they're, that they're a good side. Yes, indeedy. Um, well, there's uh, George Moncur. I really, really like. Meant I think he's a really top player. Um, and I'm just sorry, just looking at the lineup. There's one other player who I really like. And apart from Collins, um, who's the boy who plays number seventeen? Uh, Mpanza. Mpanzu. Yeah. I apologize. I like, Elliot. I like I like Lee as well. I think it's Rob Lee's son is Elliot Lee. I like I like him That's as well. The, yeah, good shout, mate. Yeah, well, there good you are. Player. John Monker was a baller, mate. He was, yeah. Yeah, I remember I played against him a couple of times, and 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 it was only when uh, when I seen he, he plays a little bit like his uh, like his dad. Um, you know, he drives in midfield. He looks dead, dead laid back. Loves a tackle. Loves a goal. Um, he, just, yeah. He's very much at the centre of everything Luton do, isn't he? Like he'll win the yeah. ball back and start the attack. He reminds me a bit of Roy Keane, not necessarily in the way he plays, but in the influence he has over the side. So like. He's very capable of winning that ball back and starting an attack in the space of you know five seconds, um, and it seems like if he plays well, Luton play well, um, yeah, which is totally you know you can always do with those players. Um, great result by the way versus uh, Norwich to go and do that to a team who's by far been the best team in the league this year so far um, after getting absolutely destroyed by Cardiff a couple yeah. of days earlier. I think shows shows good um, mental fortitude, mate. To be able to yeah, recover, yeah. it's a sign of a good side. Sign of a good side. And listen, I'm not saying good sides always get promoted because good sides, the league's full of good sides. And you know what I mean. Even if they finish mid-table, that's progress. That's progress from what they did last year. So you know what I mean. Anything what they're what they're doing now for me is is excellent. I think they're having a really good season. They've got some really good players, but they're going to have some really bad results along the way. And obviously, Saturday was a really bad result, but Wednesday was a, a scary result. Very good. Mm. If I could pick one team, mate, to get promoted to the Premier League. Which wasn't Cardiff from the Championship. Um, I apologise that it's not Middlesbrough. I would love to see Luton Town in the Premier League. I gotta say, just because of their stand and their fans, mm. I would love it. Um, next up, we have. Uh, sorry, I've lost Middles- my table. Middlesbrough, is it? Middlesbrough? Yeah. Yes, it is. Mm. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough yeah. on fire, mate. Uh, yeah, obviously difficult Saturday. I thought. Uh, I thought they should have won the game. Uh, I certainly shouldn't have lost it. Uh, they had enough chances to win the game. Defending normally better than that. Uh, Fraser Campbell scored a very scruffy goal, but poor defending. Uh, going forward, 
I think um, I think that they're, they're really surprising everybody. You know, I mean, Neil Warnock's sides don't normally attack like um, like they are doing. Uh, but they're playing with so no much confidence. Have over it's the full backs, of years, no, it's, it's full backs getting forward. The centre forwards are getting chances. Uh, wingers are chipping in with goals. Midfielders are coming up with goals. They're looking dangerous with set pieces. Uh, disappointed, obviously, Saturday to get the result. But um, against Swansea, um, obviously, I was talking to um, uh, I was talking to our good friend Alan Jones uh, during the game. He was he was obviously quite happy that Swansea were getting beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I thought Middlesbrough dominated. I thought uh, for long periods, I thought Swansea started really well. Uh, but after a couple of scares, uh, so once the first goal went in, Duncan Watmore's his, his, his drive and deflection, yes, Middlesbrough deserved it. Um, he obviously got a, uh, a very good second goal uh, from, a, from a breakaway. Paddy McMahon slipped him in uh, and Middlesbrough were comfortable. And then all of a sudden, they give a goal away. Um, and, and then it was like it was like the Alamo. And uh, to be fair, Swansea probably should have equalised, but it would have been against the runner player for me because it's about a 90-minute game and... Um, they only came alive once the, the first goal went in and Middlesbrough probably deserved to, to hang on in the end. You can see how um, how disappointing Swansea were with, um, with Cooper was at half-time with him making a triple substitution. So it showed that Middlesbrough did something really really well. They the, the thwarted their best best attacking threats and um, and broke that pace. You know what I mean? That's, I think that's key in the Championship side. We spoke about Leeds and we spoke about teams we've done uh, use that kind of kind of football and, and Middlesbrough using it. And Middlesbrough haven't, haven't done that for, for, for many a time and I remember we spoke last year about how excited I was about Jonathan Woodgate and that he's coming out. He's going to play this high press attacking football. Well, Neil Warnock's Did doing happen. it, and no, but Neil Warnock's doing it, and and yeah. and I wasn't expecting it. So sometimes, don't say you're doing it, just do it because you know what I mean. Neil's Neil's doing it, and um, and long may it continue because um, Middlesbrough are going to pick their feet up along the way. Costly are because it's just the way of the world. It's it's the way that the league's the league's made, but. Um, they're also going to upset teams as well. You, you look at the week they've got this week. Stoke City away tomorrow is going to be a, a difficult game. They went there last year and beat them comfortably. Then they've got Preston away. You don't know which Preston side is going to turn up. So it's a big week because after that you've got a couple of home games which I expect them to win. So uh, if they can get in the playoffs uh, in and around Christmas, it, it's hard sometimes to, 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 to get out of that. Yes or no? No explanation. Middlesbrough are going up. No. No, in the playoffs, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think I think going up through the playoffs, mate. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I, I, obviously I explain myself. You know, I, you know, I mean, people will probably say that as a negative, but for me, sometimes I'd love them to go up because the town needs the money. But at the minute, it's it's a big it's a big ask for a chairman who who's who's got to invest so much money. You know, I mean, we've seen Cardiff, you know what I mean? It's, it's sometimes it can be to the detriment and getting promoted sometimes because yeah. if you spend money, you get relegated, you've got to get rid of the players that you brought in. It's, sometimes it's, it's a bigger risk, whereas getting the playoffs, build, 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 and then all of a sudden you're ready to go. And that's key. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Neil Warnock's doing a phenomenal job. Middlesbrough scoring much more goals and creating much more chances than I ever thought they would. Because uh, not just Woodgate, but generally they've been quite... Um, not negative, but defensive over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think, yeah, um, yeah. Predictable. Yeah, yeah. Um, one team who's not predictable or defensive is Blackburn Rovers. They've taken fourteen points from the last the six games. Quite the opposite. Nine out of nine. Um, last week's Preston derby uh, was 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 excellent, but for me, the two home games, two two one victories were were probably a little bit better. And for me, the Barnsley game, you go you go two 0 ahead. Um, 2-1 and then the shut up shop I like that you know what I mean I like Tony Mowbray I like the way that he does it makes substitutions to kill the game off 
Millwall, you know what I mean? One all. They get the second goal right at the end. Adam Armstrong. Listen, when you've got a centre forward like that, it was just dies to score goals. He absolutely loves it, and uh, and, and it's absolutely fantastic. He, he gets assists. He scores goals. You've got the experience of um, of Stewie Downing. You've got the you've got the enthusiasm of Tyrese Dolan. It's they've got a really exciting squad. If Blackburn can get in and around the playoff side, they've got a really good opportunity. Oh God, yeah. I um, I think we both tipped them for a late run last year, and they didn't. Yeah. They faded away. But it's the goals um, they scored. They just got so goals. exciting, mate, didn't they? Going it's forward, twenty nine goals this season. That's that's the same as Bournemouth, but Bournemouth have had, have had a game more, and they're top of the league. So if they could, if Blackburn Rovers could keep a few more clean sheets, they'd be they'd be right up there. And what they've added in the summer is depth. They've got a yeah. lot of depth. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're phenomenal, mate. And it's interesting, like they beat Preston three 0 away, but you felt that the two one victories over Barnsley and Millwall were—I agree, by the way—were were kind of stronger or better performances. And um, I agree. The reason I agree is actually because I thought it showed great mental strength the way they performed against in those two games close mm. together as well. So yeah, I them, but they'd be the team I'd be tipping them and Stoke for me. Sometimes it's easy to start playing in, a, playing in a derby behind closed doors with no fans. There's no pressure, you know what I mean. And that's my concern with the Cardiff Swansea game. There's no pressure. There's no, there's there's nothing. There's nothing really that can intimidate you. Whereas the home games, when you're expected to beat Barnsley, you're expected to beat Millwall. That's when the pressure comes. You know what I mean? There's not pressure in sometimes. There's more pressure in, in games that you should be winning than than games that you're not expected to win. Spot on, mate. And uh, next up, we have, uh, I think it's Stoke City, isn't it? No, it can't be Stoke yeah. City. Yeah, Stoke yeah. City. Sorry, mate, I'm getting all... Um, yes, yes, listen, solid week. Um, two clean sheets, um, four points out of... If that's, that's promotion form. Um, listen, they'd probably want to go to Sheffield Wednesday and get the three points, but um, any any side that Tony Pulis manages, you know it's going to be a hard game, and Tony will have been well up for this game when they've been in his own club, so... Um, they're not scoring enough goals, as in... Week in, week out, you know what I mean. That the squad four against Huddersfield, but let three in. These are the games where they need the goals. So they got you got to share them out sometimes. But going forward, I, I, I thought Nick Powell's goal the other day was excellent. James McLean, excellent. You know what I mean. James Chester, he's just defensively strong. He just he dominates the the, the back line. I'm really really impressed with uh, with how he does it. Um, him and him and Stuart, is it is it is it Bath as well, Danny Bath? Yeah. Um, and listen, they've got an opportunity. If they can get into the same thing, if they can get in the playoffs, they can get a good run together, like they're doing. You know, I'm really, really excited time for them. Because listen, Sam, yeah. the position the position they were in last year was was disastrous compared to where they are now. Mm. Oh yeah, um, and but I, in my opinion, um, James Chester is one of the best central defenders in the championship by far. He's um, he's top top quality. His biggest yeah. problem over the last couple of years has been injuries. Um, yeah. He's as good as any central defender. Um, next up is the uh, the Minnows. No, I'm joking. Uh, it's Swansea City. They've had a mixed mixed week. Yeah, they've got Nottingham, listen, the they've got Nottingham Forest uh, beating 1-0. Uh, Middlesbrough obviously came off the, the back of a, a defeat against Huddersfield. I, I was really worried going into that game. When I watched it and, and I saw the way that Swansea set up, I, I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't worried, I wasn't scared at all, you know. I think um Swansea were one of those sides, especially when I noticed earlier on in the game that if they didn't score in the first ten minutes, then the lack the seems the confidence was just draining a little bit and that was um that gave me confidence as a fan watching the, the um the opposite team. So they'll be disappointed, you know what I mean? Because I think that they'll have probably wanted a four point return, if not better, um, from their week after especially after going to uh Nottingham Forest and getting getting all three points, which is an excellent result by the way. Um but uh listen 
at the league table stands at a minute. They're seventh in the league. They've had a really good season. Uh, they're not scoring as many goals as they did last year, but they're defensively looking pretty strong. Good shot, mate. Uh, next up, Brentford. Uh, oh, excellent week. Uh, six points started on Friday in the local derby against QPR. Uh, clean sheet against Rotherham uh, at the week at midweek. Sorry, um, Ivan Tony scored a penalty on. Um, uh, it was a Wednesday night against Rotherham. <laughs> he also scored on Friday night. You know, listen, you can't you can't make up fairy tale time. And when he when he signed, I think he's probably everyone probably thought, well, he won't do what uh, Ollie Watkins has done because Ollie Watkins is a a £36 million centre forward but for me he's doing better and uh, and if they can if they can make sure that he can uh, carry on the goals all the way through the season then they'll be right up there no do you worry do you worry for them though if he picks up like a a, a kind of like a long term injury or just an injury which keeps him out for like the rest of the season or something that they haven't got the goals elsewhere Um. Yeah, I do actually. Yeah, I think I do because because uh, they're not scoring think, from everywhere like they were last year. Are they no, they're not. Um, you know, what I mean, they, they are quite consistent with with the way that they play. But um, obviously, last year they had they had two or three attacking players who all chipped in with the goals. Now they're they're playing quite uh, quite one way, direct what a direct way. But it's it can always work as well, though. So you know, if they can, but they mm. need to keep him fit, like you say, they need to keep him scoring. But sometimes with a with a player who's who's that um, big, he's that strong. Um, he can um, he can have a big effect on assists and, and other things during the game. So I don't think Brentford will be worried. And, and to be fair, the way they started the season, I, I was pretty worried. And now they've got themselves sixth in the league. Doing okay. there, yeah. yeah. What do you make of Bristol City's week? Very up and down. Um, not the consistency that we saw early in the yeah. season. Yeah. Oh, listen, I, I expected them probably to go to Reading and get a positive result. Uh, Reading obviously weren't in great form. Um, go there, they get uh, get well beaten. Uh, first half bit bit drab, uh, go one 0 down, get an equaliser in seventy three, and then to give a goal away straight away straight from kick off for me for me turn. Um, obviously the chase in the game then and leaving big gaps and Lucas Jive goes and finishes the game off. But yeah, they'll be disappointed side because they're better than that. I think you know what I mean. They've had a they've had a strong um, they've had a strong start a strong start of the season. Uh, they put themselves in a good position. They're coming off a clean sheet against Watford, uh, but then they go to QPR who. Probably, I probably expected them then to, to have a tough game and probably lose the game because they're going in with, with, with lacking confidence. But they, they go there again. Naki Wells scores the first just before half time, and then Nagy scores the winner just after half time as well. So it's two perfect times to score. Um, not for obviously QPR, but for Bristol mm-hmm. City, it, it puts them back up there and uh, and just shows how uh, how strong they've started the season. Yeah, it's, I, um, they got such. I I feel like a broken record almost saying it, but they got such a deep big squad that I just can't get over it like they've got too many players in some ways but um, uh, James Costley says why isn't James Chester still playing for Wales did he retire I'm not sure if he did retire from international football but he was a massive part of the Wales squad and uh, um, obviously Gary Speed and then um, Chris Coleman Um, nothing springs to mind though about him retiring from Wales just having a quick look but he should, if he hasn't retired from Welsh uh, Welsh football, then he absolutely should be in that squad if he's fit, because uh, he's, like I said, a top quality uh, defender. Yeah, totally agree. And after Bristol City, we have Reading. Woof, back in form. Yeah, listen, you know, I mean, they've had a tough couple. 
tough few weeks. They lost four on the belt. Uh, last week, they, they got the draw against Millwall. Um, and then they started, obviously, against Bristol City. Really good result. Um, as like I said, comfortably beat them. Um, and then they got to Sheffield Wednesday. And obviously, we spoke about the red card being, being so pivotal, being important to the game. And, and it did change the game for them. It brought them back into it. But four points, a great return. You know what I mean? Two difficult games. Sheffield Wednesday away was never going to be easy. Tony Fulis decided he's turned the fortunes around a little bit. Uh, and Bristol City was obviously a great result, but yeah, have they turned, have they turned the tide and, and and turned the confidence around, and uh, and it'll be interesting. I think it's good timing, side really, that we uh, that we can probably announce this. That yes, go um, for it. we're going to have a a very interesting conversation on Monday uh, with a guest uh, for the show, the live show on Monday. We've got the one and only uh, Michael Morrison, who is a Reading centre half. Uh, he's played every game of the season this season so far. Um, he's had a wonderful season, uh, so it'll be in- really interested to pick pick his brains. Um, yeah, indeed. On on how things have gone, how they're going. Um, obviously, potential of getting fans back in, and but no, it'll be uh, it'll be a really really interesting show because having current footballers on is is different to having ex players on. So it'll be, it'll be I'm, I'm really excited. Can't wait. Yeah, it's not always easy to do, is it? You uh, is get the current players. So uh, I'm really excited to have that. Uh, it's good work, mate. Um, I cannot wait to ask him about Lucas Zhao and uh, Ijario, what they like to train with, because they are yeah. phenomenal talents. Uh, next up, Watford. Watford. Oh, dear. It's, uh, great, great performance versus Preston. I thought they were outstanding. Mate, yeah, 4-1. Four, four yeah, 4-1, you know. And Troy Daney back in the starting eleven. You know, I mean, are they, Made a him minutes? Are, they getting him, are they getting him fit? Are they getting fit to move him on? Is he going to stay for the full season? It's interesting. Um, but then they got in Nottingham Forest. Uh, probably I thought expected. they were dreadful, mate, against Forest. Yeah, I really they just thought lacked, they were bad. ideas. Maybe it was too many games and and and, and playing Detroit Danes, for example, and uh, and having too many games in a short space of time and just not having that lack, that, that the match sharpness, the match fitness, and and being able to push and win the game because the longer the game goes on, it gives confidence to the opposition team and obviously Nottingham Forest grew in confidence and and probably take a draw. Yeah, I think Forest would have definitely taken a draw beforehand. Um, Watford would have been looking for six points from those two games, I think, if we're yeah. honest. Um, yeah. But João Pedro was very, very good again. Uh, yeah, he always is. Chalbala has really found his uh, found his groove at Watford since he went there. Um, like per- he's gone there permanently now, hasn't he? Yeah, because he was loaned initially, won it from Chelsea. I thought he had. Um, but I feel like he's been he's getting better and better with the more games he plays. Uh, very influential. Whether they're getting Troy Deeney fit to sell or whether they're just putting him back in the side because he's ready, yeah. I think he helps them either way. Um, it makes yeah, them stronger. Totally, totally no agree. central can, defender how, wants to face him. How can you not? Yeah, exactly my point there. You know, I mean, how can you not want him in your side? He's he's on paper size. He's a Premier League footballer, so he's the best player in the Championship. You've got to be. Yeah, he's certainly up there, isn't he? Uh, next up, Norwich City. Uh, a disappointing week for them, mate. Only one point from the six. Uh, draw with Coventry and then obviously lost to Luton. Yeah, well, obviously the, the the game against Coventry City, I didn't think was a penalty. Obviously, they got a little bit of uh, a little bit of luck, in my opinion. Um, but then, obviously, to lose a goal in the 89th minute kills your confidence. It was obviously the way that the way that things went, and they're, they're normally the masters at scoring the late goals, not giving the late goals away. So that'll really hurt them. And then you go into a game against uh, Luton Town, probably hurting a little bit, uh, and Luton get at you, and then all of a sudden you, you're on the end of a, a three-one defeat. But um, the turnaround there was, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really bad, really bad week for the form that they're in. But 
still in second place and uh, and, and doing doing really well because we're obviously only knocked off top place for tonight. Yeah, that's the first uh, first slip up from them. I think um, you know they've been the most consistent side in this league this year so far. Yeah, um, and that's the first time they've dropped a couple of points two games in a row. You know they've drawn or they've maybe con- you know dropped the point here and there, but they've always followed it up with with a win or a good yeah. performance. So to drop points twice, you know, two games in a row, it's interesting. Could that be the start of a, you know, maybe a, a little not-so-good run? We'll see. Yeah. Um, and then finally, top of the league as we stand is Bournemouth. Yeah, terrible week, though. Sorry, you know what I mean? Take, <laughs> Bizarre, take, isn't it? Take, yeah, take today's result out of it. Um, two, two, two draw at Rotherham. Um, you know what I mean? We're getting beat for long periods yeah, of the game. They weren't um, very got good. back. Uh, 3-0 down against Preston. You know what I mean for long periods. They got themselves back into the game. It's a three-two defeat. Looks, looks good Much on paper. Better, but you know what I mean. They were, they were, they were well played off the park. And then they go and score four goals tonight. Keep a clean sheet. So it's, it's, it's just the joys of the championship. But the, but the thing about Bournemouth is they score lots of goals. They create lots of chances. And if they're going to get out of this league, they're going they're going out of it with a with with probably the record league number of goals if they continue to score mm-hmm. goals like that. Because just this just this week, you know that nine goals nine goals in three games is is, is an unbelievable turnaround. Yeah, it's fascinating because, so you know, on paper and everything, as we said before, to watch they're very, very good, but they've just got like a mistake in them or, or a bit of like a panic in them almost because yeah. that um, the three-two game against Preston could have easily finished three-nil. Um, yeah, totally agree. They got a bit of luck and a bit of you know maybe Preston took their foot off the gas a little bit. Whereas if you take that, so if you take that as like not as close as it looks. Then you had, like you said, they had a bit of luck. It's, uh, yeah, hey, in- interesting, mate. Um, but Bournemouth, on paper, should be right up there at the end of the season. Yeah. But I will say they haven't got as big a squad as some of the other teams in and around no. them. So uh, they need to stay injury-free. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so, if guys, if you've got any questions, now's the time to get them in. I will go back to that one question, Gaz. Don't forget, I won't forget. Uh, but for now, let's do our two ups for the for the week. Let's start with the downs this week, mate, because I've only got one. Um, I'll start with late goals because there was just a number, just a, a ridiculous amount of late goals, and um, it, it's going to come back and bite teams on the on the on the backside side. And I'll, I'll revert back to last Saturday. There was there was six late goals over the weekend, and a team's going for it. You know what I mean? Because your goal difference can have an impact on it as well. On um, end of the season, letting too many goals in, and you know, I mean, sometimes is it is it because we've got no supporters and there's no, there's nothing to fear? Or, you know what I mean? It's just a very strange um, feel about it. You know that there's loads of penalties happening and there's loads of late goals, and you know what I mean? I just it, it's it's a concern. And it must be a concern for a couple of managers as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's it's a weird one because there's a lot of it, and that kind of fits in with one of my so my downs is there technically is two. But it's part of the same thing. Um, I've gone for the standard of defending in the championship. I think it's been as bad as I can remember this year all yeah. round. Some calamitous uh, mistakes and errors, you know, schoolboy stuff. Um, and then the second part of it, I guess, could technically be a second down. So I'll save it. But the general dis- defending uh, and standard of defending is I've gone for. Um and your second down, mate? Uh, my second down's for Liam Shaw for uh, Sheffield Wednesday and Stone. his red card against uh, Stoke City because it was just 
it could it's avoidable you know listen it was a bad touch and a bad touch should not turn into a red card you know what I mean a bad touch be frustrated win the ball back but you don't have to go over the top of the ball you don't have to be be, be reckless and um and 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 take one foot off the floor you know what I mean be frustrated yes go win the ball back yes you know what I mean be angry yes but you've let your team down you know what I mean you're winning the game and the game which you potentially would have won with 11 men but when you're playing against a good side with uh, with 10 men you know what I mean it's, it's uphill battle for everybody else and your tactics have to change the way you're playing's got to change you know what I mean obviously the you're down in numbers already, so you're already a man, a man down, and you know what I mean. And then you give a goal away, and the game just changes, and it's so frustrating for a manager and his fans and, and the rest of the players. It's so hard to play with ten men. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So the second part of my down is um, I was going for Liam Shaw as well, uh, so I've kind of flipped it, and I've gone for the inconsistency of so many teams. Um, you know, you've got your QPRs, Bristol Cities, Prestons, all go flipping from. You know, one terrible result to one great result. Even Luton, who've been very impressive this year, got absolutely, you know, battered by Cardiff and then went and beat the best team in the league. Um, so I just find it entertaining as as all hell. But if I was a manager, I think I'd be even greyer than I already am. Yeah, um, I agree. OK, let's go for the ups. I wonder who my one of my ups will be. I've gone for Mark Harris and listen, you've got to give him credit for, for coming in the side and, and taking it like to a duck to water and just he's mm-hmm. running in behind, his goal was excellent I was really pleased, uh, he didn't have the, the best of games I think on, in midweek because two games in a week is a, is a, long, a lot for a young lad to do uh, with how fast that the men's game is you know, from, uh, from coming out of it's the level he was, he's been playing at so yeah, it's, it's, but listen, got to give him total credit you know what I mean, he, he fitted in really well uh, he had an impact on on every every attack which which Cardiff City were doing. So huge credit to him. Yeah, phenomenal mate. for a young man. I thought he was very impressive, but I agree with you. I didn't think he was the best in midweek. But I don't think you could expect a player of that age and experience to play mm. phenomenal week in week out, game yeah. after game. You got to expect that. So uh, my first up is Adam Armstrong of Blackburn Rovers. Yet again, two more goals uh, in two of the two games. Um, Blackburn are very good going forward but yeah. he is one of the most consistent footballers I think I've ever seen um, just week in week out if he doesn't score he assists and even if he doesn't score or assist he contributes to the team yeah. um, just phenomenal footballer phenomenal attitude but got the technically he's not just a trier he's got technical ability uh, for days Premier League player in my opinion yeah totally agree and your second up is Duncan Watmore um, and um, I, I nearly I nearly put him in my downs because of um, the reporter who, uh, who called him the they called him the ginger the, the what did they call him the, the the ginger gazelle or something and that was always my nickname by the way by the mm. ginger gazette which is a local paper in Middlesbrough so very disappointed that they tried to uh, take my mantle off me if anybody's watching <laughs> very disappointed absolutely disgraceful so, trademark not happy you know what I mean get in touch please uh, or my lawyer will be in touch. Um, but listen, he, he had a, he had an excellent game. I, I thought he, he led the line really well. His pace after after some horrific injuries he's had, uh, he did really well. He looked a confident young boy, and um, really excited to see him moving forward and um, and what the future holds for him because he's he's, he's got goals in him. Uh, he's got legs. He's got energy. He gives Middlesbrough something different what they've never had for a long time. Yeah, he was uh, on my shortlist um, because I thought he was very, very good. Uh, he scored a couple of goals. 
obviously is having a big effect on Middlesbrough, mate, um, as a team. Uh, so, my first up may surprise people, may not. Uh, my second up, sorry, is Neil Harris, Kyle City manager. Um, and the main reason I went for him is uh, he's fighting for his job. Like, make no mistake, before Saturday's game, there was a lot of talk on social media criticising him. Rightly so, he he deserved to be criticised, but it's calling for his job, saying he shouldn't be there. Um, then you've got people like me saying, don't think he was the right man for the job, should he have got the job, etc, etc. Even if they're not calling for him to be sacked, they're questioning him. His back was against the wall, he was under pressure, um, and he not just got two wins, didn't just dig out two one nils or you know last-minute goals. Two excellent performances from the team. He changed the selection. He dropped some of the players that have been underperforming. And um, he got the players playing for him. Um, yeah. And that's all you can do. I thought it was phenomenal to do that under pressure. Is Because if he had lost those two games, I think he was going, mate. Um, mm-hmm. Or certainly on his way. So to do that, I thought it was impressive. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, under pressure. He's, listen, si, he's, given, he's given himself an opportunity. So And listen, hopefully he's learned, he's learned the way... That the fans want him to play, you know what I mean. If that keeps him his job, then so be it. You know what I mean. Sometimes there's no point in being stubborn about it. If it works, it works. Why fix something if it's not broken? Absolutely spot on, mate. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, so to finish us off, we will do some questions. Uh, there was a question from Gaz, which is going to be not lengthy, but it'll be a discussion. He says, in your opinion, which footballer could or should have been nominated for Sports Personality of the Year? Um, so I'll change that slightly. And say either nominated or if there's a footballer you think should have won it or should win it, um, even if they're not nominated, I'll let you add that. And he also says, does it mean the same as it did 15 years ago? No, in oh, my opinion. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody who, who deserves it and football-wise, because for me, this kind of award is based on your um, performance on the pitch within, within football and. You know what I mean? And the the, the 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 person which everyone's talking about is Marcus Rashford. But Marcus Rashford has been rewarded for what he's done in the community and in the world. With he his, actually hasn't. With his, with his NBA or his OBA or whichever he got. It's, 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 not, it's not a football decision. So for me, I, I find it difficult. And, and, and this is me being negative, by the way. I'm just... Uh, the sports personality of the year is someone who's achieved something like Lewis Hamilton. So Lewis Hamilton has, has won the Formula One... Um, uh, world Championship. He's consistent year in year out. He's he beats the best of the world. He 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 he, he, he takes all the criticism. He takes all the plaudits. He, and you know what I mean. So the the person who comes close in football terms, I don't know. It's just a bit of a struggle, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Harry Kane because he's England captain. Pop, it's a difficult, yeah. isn't it? Maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, it we does... haven't got we haven't got a David Beckham anymore. We haven't got the somebody sp- who. It was that kind of. You could look at the Scottish or the Welsh teams, maybe for qualifying, but there's no one who, for me, stands out because uh, uh, Kelly just says that um, Lewis Hamilton also broke uh, Schumacher's record uh, for the amount. Of, I think that's for the amount of wins. So you know, I, there's not a footballer which stands out to me, and I know a lot of people have said, "Oh, Rashford should have got it. Rashford should have got it." Like for me. He's been very good this year for Man United. Uh, last year he was very up and down, so it's like the end of last year is included in this. Um, 
you know, you can't fault what he's doing off the pitch, but that's not what this award is for. It's supposed to be for the no. sporting achievement. So to me, like, there's not a footballer who who stands out for it this year. Um, and the other part of the question, does it mean the same as it did 15 years ago? Absolutely not. And to me, one of the re- like you look at the fact that Tyson Fury put out a video yesterday saying he doesn't want to be nominated. He wants his nomination removed. He doesn't want it. He's not interested in it. He's only interested in you know what he does and what the fans think of him. He doesn't want that award, which I think that does. I think that tells you everything about what people think of it compared. Like I remember growing up, it was a huge deal getting yeah. sports personality of the year. But the, but not... the program was huge as well, Sai, as well. I mean, mm. I had something. I had something about it, and you know, I mean, it was team of the year, and, and it was, there was it's been very watered the, down. Yeah, it? the the event was it was a massive event, and uh, it's not as it's not as um, Prestigious, prestigious as it was. Now it's not, it's not as big as a, of achievement, you know, any, anymore. Unfortunately, you know, what I mean, footballs took over. For example, you know, what I mean, it's it's about being in the Champions League. It's about doing this. It's about doing that. Well, sometimes you forget about the individual part, or you know, what I mean, or the team of the year, who, like the Arsenal when they when they went all year without get without getting beat, and that's a that's an achievement for sports personality of the year. It's that those those kind of achievements which don't seem to happen anymore. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. Um, okay, so massive couple of days on the channel and the show. So Sunday, we've got a brand new Mental Health in Sport episode dropping with uh, none other than uh, ex-England and Liverpool goalkeeper Chris Kirkland, uh, which was uh, a real fascinating interview. Um, I tell you what, I cannot fault Chris. So honest about some of the stuff um, that he uh, talked about and said. And there was a couple of bits in there which I didn't know about beforehand and... They shocked me, but that's the whole point of the show is to not to shock people, but to try and get people talking about mental health and making sure that we don't lose any more people. But I highly recommend that one. It was a real good episode. And then Monday, we have Reading uh, defender Michael Morrison joining us for the Andy Campbell Football Show, 7.30 live. Ask your questions to the current Reading centre-back. It's going to be a cracker. Um, Thank you to Black Diamond Sport for all their support as usual. And of course... Guys, if you do one thing for us this weekend, it's check out Bespoke Financial. See if they are offering anything which might be of interest to you. They uh, they offer all sorts of insurance and cover, and they're giving away that will with um, 140 quid uh, with any new policy which is taken out. Tell them when you phone that we sent you. See what they got to offer because they are top draw, top people, top brand. Yep, do it. Do it. Um, I think that's about it, mate. I think that's a pod. Yeah, look Thank it. you very Enjoyed much, it. sir. Again, good luck for the week, uh, everybody. Uh, look forward to seeing you on Monday. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some kind of story happening over the weekend. There's always, uh, always, always something unfolds over Saturday and Sunday's football, yeah. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, and a massive shout-out to everyone who's joined us in the live chat today. Um, I know Friday nights is not always ideal for you know watching stuff and getting involved, but I appreciate you all every single one of you and of course the people who watch and download afterwards we love you all it's been a pleasure as always we love it we love you and we'll see you on monday live 7 30 andy cabo football show don't forget mental health and sport chris kirkland eight o'clock sunday bid you a farewell my mummy and daddy have been talking about life insurance it sounds like something to protect my brother and me but i don't really understand Then my Auntie Louise told Mummy about Bespoke Financial Teesside. 
She said they're a local company who helped her with her life insurance. Mummy got in touch and because they're based locally, a man called Darren was able to come to our house. He was really friendly. Darren stayed for a cup of tea and made it all really easy to understand. He said that life insurance will protect our home and family if anything bad were to happen. Like if mummy or daddy got sick, then we'd get enough money to take care of us and our house would be paid for so we wouldn't get taken away. After an hour, Darren said goodbye and mummy and daddy seemed a lot happier. Once it was all sorted, we could all relax and watch a film together as a family. I don't know why they didn't do it sooner. I belong, I belong to you. I belong, I belong to you. Do just what you want. Network.